Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. Uh, well, guys, the uh, the Braves have had a good run of things lately. Unfortunately, uh, their winning streak came to an end at seven games uh, as they fall in the final game of the series with the Washington Nationals. Uh, but all it feels pretty right with the Braves right now. Not everything. I'm going to get into that uh, here in a little bit. But uh, the Braves have nonetheless won uh, eight of their last ten games. They have a seven-game winning streak in the middle of that. Uh, again, they do fall in the last game against the Nationals, but do take two out of three in that series after sweeping the Mets. So uh, coming out of that series, the Braves currently sit three and a half games ahead of Miami, uh, eight games ahead of Philly, and a very robust nine and a half games ahead of the New York Mets. So let me do a quick series recap. Uh, I'm, I'm not really going to do much news because there isn't a lot of news uh, coming out right now for the Braves. So I'm just going to go directly in to a recap of this Nationals series. Uh, and then I want to talk a little bit about um, Marcelo Zuna. Uh, and then we're going to get into uh, the All-Star game. And I'm going to give you my picks. And then I'm going to give you, it came out today, where everybody, where everybody stands in terms of voting. So that's going to be kind of interesting. It's always cool to see where the Braves stand and especially when the Braves are as good as they are with the best record in the National League, you want to see several Braves near the top of that list. And we do have several, so that's good news as well. So the, the National Series, you know, you're coming off this high, this rush, uh, adrenaline rush of the Mets Series and especially that final game, the walk-off Ozzie Albies three-run homer in that marathon game that was probably the coolest game of the year. Uh, so you're coming off of that and... You know, the Braves did look maybe a little flat in this series against Washington. You're playing not as good of a team. Um, and, you know, the offense was, I mean, honestly, it's been so good against the Mets and really quite good uh, in the previous series against the D-backs as well. Just not quite uh, on par against the Nationals. Still had a couple good moments. Um, and honestly, game one, they were just simply able to do just enough to get the win. So game one was the debut, at least the debut in terms of a starting uh, rotation spot for A.J. Smith-Shawver. Uh, we had seen him briefly in Arizona in two and a third innings. He'd be, he had been uh, quite impressive with a fastball near 96, 97 miles an hour. Uh, one thing that I did take note of in this uh, debut start for him was his fastball velocity was a little down. He was more around 92-93. So that's going to be something I'm not concerned about, but I'm going to continue to watch that as he makes other starts. Uh, I don't know if that was a tick down because he was trying to locate and he was really focused on doing that um, or or what. You know, this guy's 20 years old. So I'm going to expect some wider swings in performance and velocity and a lot of different ways when he's on the mound from start to start. I mean, in many ways, he's still just figuring out what kind of pitcher he is. Uh, I can imagine his mechanics aren't incredibly consistent. And uh, so that was just kind of interesting. We saw him again uh, in the minors. He has averaged, I think, 96 and a half miles an hour on his fastball. So seeing fastballs 91, 92, 93 for most of the game was a little odd. Uh, he did look a little more hittable, though he didn't um, you know, he didn't blow up in that game. The The Nationals do, do score two runs uh, in five and a third innings off of Shaver. Uh, 
uh, Smith Shaver, excuse me, but they were both unearned runs, a couple of errors going on in his start. So he limits major damage. He leaves the game down, but nonetheless, the Braves right in it. Uh, the Braves end up coming back for an amazing fifth game in a row. Uh, this wasn't a huge comeback, but a, a comeback nonetheless. They get two in the eighth inning without a ball leaving the infield, uh, and they win the game three to two against the Nationals. It was not the prettiest win. Uh, honestly, it was a pretty boring game in a lot of ways. It seemed like the offense didn't have a hard hit ball all game long. Uh, a ton of soft singles and infield singles and that sort of thing, but they still get the win. So you are certainly happy with that. Now in game two, the Braves get two early inning, two run home runs off the bats of Acuna and Ozuna. And uh, that was especially Acuna's home run was just like a laser beam to right field. Um, and Ozuna, again, has just been hitting. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about him in this podcast, but he keeps doing it. So you get uh, four early runs off of those two swings. Jared Schuster started this game. He was not super sharp. Very weird start, quite honestly. Uh, he, he has no strikeouts. Uh, his stuff, you know, wasn't really fooling anyone. Uh, he had some, you know, balls that were hit pretty hard against him, and yet he's able to survive enough to get through uh, about five innings um, and qualified for the win. The Braves hold on uh, to a win in game two. And then game three, Elder gives up five earned runs and eight hits in five and a third innings. This was maybe his worst start of the season. He, he was actually cruising pretty good through five. And then in the sixth inning, he stalled out. And um, the the home run he gave up, I mean, it hit the top of the wall. There was a couple things there that you just like, man, if one or two things had gone the other way, uh, he probably gets through that sixth inning, comes out, and who knows, maybe the Braves win this game. But uh, everything kind of turned bad in the sixth inning. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, the Braves lose game three. You do have a massive home run off the bat of Matt Olson in the first inning, but Game two and game three were a little bit like the Braves had been playing previously where they score early. You get a couple home runs early uh, in game two. You get a big home run early in game three. And then the bats, for the most part, go silent. Uh, and that definitely happened in game three. No no runs scored for the Braves after the first inning. Uh, they did have a lot of bad luck, terrible luck off the bat in this game. You had some laser shots from Acuna and Harris especially. Uh, Michael Harris, man, I just feel like his luck on hard hit balls this year ha has just been ridiculous. But he had uh, two balls that one that uh, the last one went right off the pitcher and he was still able to pick it up and, and get Harris out. And you're just like, man, he just cannot catch a break. But um, he's still looking better. I I'm, I'm very encouraged by Michael Harris. And uh, I think he's Honestly, I think he's set for a pretty big uh, last, I don't know however many games we have left, uh, 90 games or so. So, and of course, you're not worried about Acuna, but you just, you have those games. It's kind of funny. I Sometimes I feel like the Braves are the unluckiest team around, and maybe that's just because I'm a Braves fan, and I look at things through those, uh, you know, colored glasses, but uh, I, I do think there's something to it. Because it comes across that way, at least, because the Braves hit the ball so hard. Uh, there's a lot of stats that back up. They they basically hit the ball harder than pretty much any team uh, in the major leagues. 
And so when they have these line drive shots that are just right to somebody, you're just like, on it. I mean, uh, that's so unlucky. And then other teams hit the ball softer a lot. And so other teams seem to have a lot more bloop hits, infield hits, um, that sort of thing that will just drop and you just roll your, your, roll your eyes at it. Uh, the Braves don't tend to have those types of hit as much. I mean, they, they get some, but it just seems like there are certain games the Braves play where everything falls right for the other team and uh, the Braves can't catch a break. And it felt like that in game three against the Nationals. Nonetheless, it's hard to complain too much. The Braves, you know, this, this third game of the series breaks a really nice winning streak the Braves were on. And hopefully, uh, as the Braves turn uh, to Detroit, they're going to start a new winning streak here tonight. Um, despite this really good run, you know, again, the Braves won, um, have won about, well, what is it? It's eight out of 10 games. But one thing I will point out, uh, not to be too much of a downer here, but the starting rotation has not looked very good over those uh, 10 games. So the last quality start from the Braves, and again, quality start is you go at least six innings pitched with three earned runs or less. Okay, so the last quality start from the Braves came from Spencer Strider on June 3rd. Uh, so that means the Braves have gone seven games uh, straight of non-quality starts. And it's pretty funny that, you know, they win um, six of those games uh, because the offense and bullpen have been so good, right? So you have uh, some some bad starting performances. This is what has set up all of these comeback wins. Um, the, the offense has continued to roll and the bullpen has held its ground and the Braves have won a lot of games that way. I'm not sure that's the best way to continue to do things. And obviously you want your starters to be shut down. Uh, Charlie Morton is going tonight, um, Monday night against Detroit. Uh, and it would be awesome to see him bounce back. He's been around a five ERA over his last three starts total. So he has not been super sharp after being quite good before that. So guys, you know, the Braves played the Nationals this week. I'm in the Nationals area, so I get blacked out when this happens. It's always very frustrating. So I have basically two options, and we could talk about the how dumb the baseball blackout restriction policy is, but um, I can either wait until after the games are done, and then about two hours later, I can go on the MLB app and, and watch the game as it's been loaded and recorded uh, there, and I can listen to the Braves broadcast, or I can kind of do a workaround and um, watch locally. But that means I have to listen to the Nationals broadcast, which I'm sure those are really nice guys, but the Nationals broadcast, I think, is just about the worst in baseball. It's it's not good. Um, so what I ended up doing, uh, at least in two of the three games, is I watched live, but I muted the Nationals broadcast, and I listen to the Braves radio. And um, I will say, guys, obviously radio is not one that probably many of you often listen to in terms of the Braves. But I really do appreciate the Braves radio broadcast. I just wanted to take a couple minutes to recognize those guys. I enjoyed it. I think those guys are actually, uh, they've got you know a good rapport with each other. So this is Joe Simpson and Ben Ingram. And I think these are the two primary guys that, that do Braves games. Of course, Joe Simpson, pretty much every game 
in Ben Ingram for the most part. And I think they're good. They're a good team. And if you get a chance, especially if you are away and you can't watch a game, uh, just finding them and, and listening to them on the radio is uh, is pretty cool. So I wanted to shout out to them. You know, of course, Joe Simpson has been with the Braves since 1992. Can y'all believe that? Uh, if you're around my age, you will remember uh, a young Joe Simpson with some of the older guys in the booth. Of course, he is the last of the great foursome from TBS, Skip, Pete, Don, and Joe all together. Uh, Joe Simpson is a Braves Hall of Famer. All four of those guys have been put into the Braves Hall of Fame. So, you know, it's one of those things that he almost gets forgotten because he was on TV for so long. Uh, the Braves kind of relegated him to radio. Um, and, you know, I think trying to get younger in the booth. And and I really like Frank Corr and, and the other guys they have in the booth now. But I do miss Joe a little bit. Some people don't like Joe Simpson. They think he's a little curmudgeonly. You know, he's the old guy, old school way, uh, that sort of thing. But I really appreciate the guy. I, I think, um, you know, I, I might disagree with his take some, but I think he brings um, a good sense of humor. And um, I particularly have a lot of fond memories of uh, him and Skip going back and forth in the um, in the booth together. So I'm glad he's continuing to do Braves games. Then Ben Ingram is kind of new to the Braves within the last few years. He stepped up into a larger role in 2021, but I think he has really good chemistry with Joe. He he's a comes across as a super nice guy, uh, really solid and a good grasp of the game, feel for the game. Uh, and you know, on radio, it's a little different because obviously people can't see what they're talking about, so they have to be a little more descriptive and colorful in in how they call the call the game. And I think they they do a really good job of that. Uh, if you want to get a little bit more Ben Ingram, uh, if you're not necessarily into uh, listening uh, on the radio, uh, there is one thing I, I found on YouTube. It's called Riding with the Braves. Um, this is something that the Braves have put out uh, with, I think it's like Chevrolet. I don't even know that they're doing it this season, but there's some really good, uh, over the last three seasons, some really good long-form interviews that uh, Ben Ingram has done with some of the Braves. Uh, Ron Washington and uh, is a really good one. You can watch that. He's done one with Spencer Strider with with quite a few of the Braves. So if you're looking for some more Braves content, check that out. And you also get a little better feel for Ben Ingram. So definitely wanted to shout out those guys a little bit. All right, so let's get back to on-the-field stuff and talk about Marcel Ozuna. You guys, I mean, I brought up Ozuna as much as probably any player and not always for good reasons. Right uh, in the off season, I was calling for the Braves to trade or release Ozuna. I was kind of done with him, and then Ozuna, of course, had about the worst April in the history of baseball. <laughs> I might be, I might be, uh, you know, going a little far with that, but I don't know. Maybe not. It was pretty horrendous. So, um, but I do, you know, of course, Ozuna's had a remarkable bounce back, and I give him a lot of credit for that. It's not easy. He could have just tanked. And um, been relegated to the to the you know basement of Truist Park uh, if he had not turned things around when he did. But by the end of April, Ozuna's numbers he was at 091 with a 206 on base percentage and a 218 slugging percentage. It's hard to do that. Uh, that's how bad he was. He was basically the worst offensive player in baseball. Uh, at the end of April. But since then, uh, Ozuna has played in 32 games and he has hit about 333, uh, around, 
He has around a 380 on-base percentage, and this is maybe the most remarkable, about a 600 slugging percentage, which is elite. And so that includes 11 home runs and 27 RBIs in just 32 games. Basically, Ozuna has been maybe just behind Acuna, the Braves' best offensive player since the start of May. And this has brought his totals up very impressively for as, as low as he was. His totals uh, today, uh, he's batting 242 with a 318 on base and a 494 slugging percentage. So again, anytime a hitter can get that, that number over uh, or around 500 slugging percentage, it's really, really good. So he's done that. And of course, now he's at 13 home runs. Uh, I think he's around 30 RBIs. And um, he's just totally turned his season around. And on top of that, there's some really positive stories about him in the clubhouse. You know, there's a re there was a recent story, you may have seen it, where uh, Michael Harris gave him a lot of credit for, you know, for some leadership and encouragement in the clubhouse, in the dugout, basically telling Harris, hey, you're, you're the best center fielder in baseball. Uh, just forget everything. Forget your struggles before this just go out and let your season start today. And that was right before Harris had the three-hit game, had the home run, three RBIs in that Mets series. So, you know, we're still hoping Harris is turning it around. Uh, jury's still out maybe a little bit on that, though I'm really positive that he is starting to turn it around. And it's cool to hear those stories because Ozuna, obviously, there's a lot of negatives to him off the field, but it does seem like on the field and in the clubhouse, he's actually contributing a lot. I think this is one of the big reasons, as me and other people have been calling for Ozuna to be traded or released, I think it's one of the reasons that the Braves have not done so. On top of, obviously, what he's shown during this time period is he's a volatile player, and when he's on a roll, he can be one of the best offensive players in baseball. He just had not done it for about two full seasons, so you really wondered if it was if he still had it in the tank. And he's proved that he, he does. He's, he is still when he's doing things right, uh, a really elite hitter and um, and maybe a little better in the clubhouse than we even thought he was. So um, this has kind of changed my mind a little bit on Ozuna. Now, it hasn't changed my mind in terms of I think the Braves probably should have released him when you know he had the domestic violence stuff and the DUI. I think, um, I think he should have been gone. Uh, I'm not naive to the fact that good players or at least players with the capabilities that he he has in his contract more often than not are not going to be released uh, if he would if he'd been making league minimum and wasn't the type of player uh, or had not shown the the talent um, he would have been gone um, so you know I can bemoan that all I want but it's it is reality you know so he is on the team I also I'm a big believer in forgiveness. I don't know if he has totally contrived or changed his life around. I really hope he has. Um, that'd make me want to root for him a whole lot more. Uh, but that being said, uh, hopefully he has done those things and hopefully he can continue to help the Braves. And it'd be really cool if he could continue this all the way through. All that said, I think this changes, at least in my mind, where I see the future of Marcelo Zuna with the Braves. I really thought um, when he was really struggling early on in the year, I thought the best case scenario would, would be uh, for him to turn things around and regain some value for the Braves to be able to trade him at the trade deadline. And he's done 
more than that, right? He's turned it around and then some, and I think it's to the point where I find it very unlikely that the Braves are going to trade him. Uh, remember, he has one year left on his contract after this year. I think now it's way more likely that the Braves are going to hold on to him and keep him through the end of his contract and, uh, you know, maybe just let it expire at that point. Maybe trade him, you know, at the trade deadline next year if, if they really felt like it was the best thing for the team. But um, because he's so liked in the clubhouse and because he is um, hitting the way he is right now, I think he's going to be on the Braves, at least for the duration of this season. It's shocking because two months ago, I would never have said that. Um, but things have changed a lot for Marcelo Zuna. All right. So with that, guys, let me move on to um, talk about the All-Star Game a little bit. You know, the All-Star Game is coming up in mid-July, as always. And June 22nd is when the first phase of All-Star voting ends. So I want to go through first. Um, my choices of who I think should go to the early start in the All-Star Game. And then I'm going to reveal to you, and you may have already seen this, but I'm going to reveal to you um, the uh, the top vote-getters currently uh, for the starters in the All-Star Game. Again, this voting ends June 22nd. So this is just where it stands today. All right, so my, my selections. All right, guys. So uh, first up, let's let's start with the American League. Actually, so first base, I have I have Yandy Diaz. He is the first baseman for Tampa Bay. He got up to a scorching hot start, and he's still playing really well. He hasn't hit as many home runs lately as he did early in the year, but he's having a career year for sure. So his um his current day totals for the season, uh, he's batting three eleven with twelve home runs, thirty four RBIs, uh, nine fifty three. OPS, so just a really good all-around year, and of course Tampa Bay uh, themselves. I mean, they're just having a great season as a team. So Yandy Diaz might have be having one of the best seasons of any of the Tampa Bay Rays. Seems like someone should be starting for the Rays. Um, that being said, because it's a career year, I have wondered if it's a little bit of a flash in the pan. Maybe he starts. Uh, you know, just tailing off a little bit, especially with the home runs. He's always been about a 300 hitter, but uh, the power is something that is kind of new to him. Um, all right, then I have second base Marcus, Marcus Simeon, um, and he is uh, batting 298, nine home runs, 51 RBIs, and has a 855 OPS. He actually recently went through a long hitting streak, so his numbers have really um, gone way up with that. I think like a 25 game hitting streak, something like that. All right. Third base, I have Jose Ramirez. Third base in the American League is really interesting because no one is really playing all that well. There's a lot of guys with very similar stats. So I just went with one of the guys that I honestly know as a star. I, I like Ramirez a lot generally. Um, Matt Chapman was another name, but he's he had a scorching hot start as well and has really fallen off a lot lately. So I didn't go with him, even though he is a great player and especially a great defensive third baseman. Um, but Ramirez is hitting 278, 10 home runs, 38 RBIs, 842 OPS. All right, shortstop, I have Bo Bichette. Um, he's having a great year, 320, 14 home runs, 43 RBIs, 866 OPS. I think Bichette is kind of the clear choice 
Corey Seager has really good numbers, but he missed a good chunk of time, so his counting stats aren't quite as high. But I I could see him maybe um, overtaking Bichette if he just plays out of his mind over the last two months or two weeks. Uh, all right, catcher Adley Rutschman, of course, the young star catcher for the Orioles. Um, he's hitting 274, eight home runs, 28 RBIs. 800 OPS. There's not really a catcher in the American League either that's having a crazy awesome season. Uh, there's maybe two or three guys that are right around Rutschman's numbers, but he's kind of the the new sexy name. Um, so I kind of imagine that he's going to get the start. All right. In the outfield, I'm not going to go over the numbers because you guys know all these guys really well. And it's kind of obvious as long as they're healthy. Uh, Aaron Judge, now he's on the injury list right now, but I think he'll be back soon. Mike Trout and Jordan Alvarez, are these are my outfield. You could argue for Randy Rosarena instead of Mike Trout, but Mike Trout's getting voted in, even though he's having a little bit of a down year to his standards. Uh, I, I would prefer to see Trout out there. And then DH, of course, Shohei Otani. Uh, that's kind of a no-brainer there. He's having an awesome offensive season along with his pitching. So he's he's just ridiculous. We know that. <laughs> All right, let's go over to the National League. So, or no, tell you what, let me let me go back through those names and tell you uh, if I got these right, basically. So Yandy Diaz, no, he is not leading the leading vote-getter. This was a little surprising to me, but uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, is first, even though he doesn't have quite the statistics as Diaz right now. He has the name. I guess I shouldn't be surprised by this. And I mean, I like Guerrero a lot. So, um, you know, and this is, by the way, the closest race in terms of the numbers. There's only there are only a few thousand votes away um, from each other. So I think it may just come down to who has the better last couple weeks going into the break. Uh, Marcus Simeon is the top vote getter in the AL. Jose Ramirez is not even in the top five for third baseman. So I didn't get that one right. Um, or maybe they didn't get it right, and I did. Uh, but I think that just shows you how closely packed all of the third basemen are. Jose Ramirez, by the way, I think a lot of these votes, you know, happened right when the voting started. He's had a uh, the last two weeks have been really good for him, um, and so maybe that's not reflected in the vote. And Matt Chapman is the leading vote getter right now at third base, and he, like I said, he's gone downhill the last couple weeks. Um, but had a great start to the season. So I think that's what's reflected there in that vote. Uh, Bo Bichette is first for shortstops. Uh, Corey Seager is second, but it's not a very close vote. So I kind of expect Bo Bichette to get this one. Adley Rushman is first at catcher. And then I got basically all of these other guys correct. Uh, Aaron Judge first, Mike Trout, Jordan Alvarez, and Shohei Otani are all leading vote getters for the American League. For outfield and DH. All right, so let's go ahead and go over to the National League. And again, I'll give you uh, my vote first, and then we'll go back through who's leading. So uh, first base, Freddie Freeman. You guys know, um, even though he left us, I, I do love Freddie Freeman. Uh, he is uh, having a great season. Uh, 333 average, 12 home runs, 43 RBIs, and 890 OPS. Oh, by the way, I, I meant to, um, th these numbers are maybe one day old, so I apologize because I think I think uh, Freddie actually hit a home run last night. So if my numbers are a little off, 
Give me a break. Okay. All right. So Freddie Freeman, 333, 12 home runs, 43 RBIs, 980 OPS. I think him and Acuna, by the way, are probably one and two either way. Probably Acuna won in terms of the National League MVP race at this point in the season. So having another great season, Freddie Freeman. Number, or sorry, second base, Luis Arise. Um, he is, of course, hitting 403 right now. And I think if you're hitting over 400, um, you're probably getting uh, a start in the all-star game. He has almost no power. He's only hit one home run, 30 RBIs, but he does have a 943 OPS. So when you're hitting 400, you're going to have a pretty high OPS no matter what. Um, but anyways, I, I did pick him over Ozzy. Uh, I like, obviously, Ozzy's had a nice little run here. He's had some home runs. I, I think he's probably second to our rise, and I, I think he probably gets an all-star bid no matter what. But I did pick Arise over Ozzy. That one kind of hurt me, but I did do that. Um, third base, I did pick Austin Riley. Um, this one's a really tough one, similar to the American League third baseman. I don't know what it is about third baseman this year, but nobody's having a super great season. We know that Riley had some struggles, but he's kind of come on a little bit lately. But him and Arenado are probably your two best choices, and their numbers are incredibly similar. So Riley's numbers, again, these might be about a day old, 272, 11 home runs, 33 RBIs, and a 793 OPS. Um, I can see people choosing Arenado just simply for the defense over Riley if their numbers are similar. This is one where I think if Riley has a great stretch of games, he could maybe edge out Arenado. If they're about the same in terms of stats, Arenado is probably going to get it, guys. Uh, but it is a close vote. Riley's only about 40,000 votes behind Arenado at this point. All right, shortstop. Um, Orlando Arcia is my choice. I had to go back and forth. I had to check myself. Am I being a homer here? But honestly, no other shortstop in the National League is having a very good year. Uh, Orlando picked a very good year to have his uh, career season, and he's done a lot for the Braves. And how honestly hilarious would it be the Braves let Swanson go and um, Arcia ends up being an all-star and Dansby Swanson is not. Um, pretty interesting, at least to think about. But yeah, Arcia ultimately was my choice. He's hitting 322, five home runs, 19 RBIs. 854 OPS, and those counting stats might be the only thing that keep him out of the game. And even then, again, if you compare him to other other shortstops, he's having a great season. And the only reason those counting stats are lower, of course, you guys know, is he missed about three weeks of the season. All right, catcher, I have Sean Murphy. Um, I'm not being a homer, guys. I don't think I'm being a homer. Um, he's hitting 285, 12 home runs, 42 RBIs. 930 OPS. Now, offensively, it is a very close call between him and Will Smith, but we know that Sean Murphy is just an awesome defensive catcher on top of having a great offensive first half, great defensive catcher. So I'm picking Sean Murphy. All right, and then my outfield. Of course, Ronald Acuna, he's having a just awesome historic season. 333, 13 home runs, 37 RBIs a 972 OPS. Then I picked Mookie Betts, uh, who is actually a little bit of a down year in terms of his average, 264, but still a lot of power with 17 home runs, 41 RBIs, 
and a 903 OPS. And then my third outfielder, this one is a little more interesting, but with the Braves coming off of play in Arizona and get to, getting to see Corbin Carroll, in, um, not in person, but with my own eyes, I'm going Corbin Carroll. The numbers kind of back it up. He's hitting 308, 13 home runs, 33 RBIs, and 968 OPS. That is quite, quite remarkable. So that's my choice. And then at DH, I have J.D. Martinez, uh, the veteran with um, with the Dodgers. He's having a, having a bounce-back season. Uh, so let's go through uh, these guys and see uh, who got top vote, or at least who's getting top vote right now for the All-Star game for the National League. So Freddie Freeman is number one, and considering the kind of season he's having, there's no other first baseman that is having this level of production. Uh, I mean, you can look at Pete Alonso in the home runs, but he really doesn't um, compare in any other category. So I think Freddie is pretty safe in getting this as long as um, you know he can avoid injury and that sort of thing. Uh, second base, Luis Arise is the leading vote getter. Ozzy Albies is second, but he's a good ways off. Uh, Austin Riley uh, is not, sorry, is not the leading vote getter right now. He's 40,000 votes shy of Nolan Arenado. You know, Riley always is going to have to go up against Arenado, and Arenado simply has the name recognition beyond Riley, even though people certainly should know who Austin Riley is by now. Uh, but I think he does still have a shot. Just like last year, if you remember, he caught fire in uh, late June, and maybe he's doing it again. Uh, that would be really cool to see. I still think, even if he doesn't get the start, Riley has a decent shot at making the team. Guys, Orlando Arcia is the leading vote getter right now for shortstops in the National League. Can you can you believe that? It's crazy. I mean, just there are some really big names. I mean, Lindor, Xander Bogarts, Dansby Swanson, big names at shortstop in the National League. None of them are having great first halves. And so Orlando Arcia, I mean, he's hitting 322 and he's playing solid defense. So if he continues to hit, I think he's going to get there. Um now he's playing above what he's ever done in his um, in his career. So is he going to continue to do it? I don't know, but it would be pretty sweet if he made the All Star team, especially as a starter. Um, Sean Murphy is the leading vote getter at catcher right now. It is a pretty close race between him and Will Smith, but um, you know, again, if he continues to do what he's doing, I think he's going to get it. Um, look, I will say too, Braves fans come out and vote. When when Braves are playing well, um, they get voted into the All-Star game. I really appreciate that about Braves fans. All right, outfield. Ronald Acuna is not only the top outfield vote getter, but he's the top overall vote getter right now, and he certainly deserves that, guys. Um, Mookie Betts is also um, scheduled to be a starter in the All-Star game at this point. Now, the only outfielder I didn't get uh, or that's different from my vote is Ludris Guriel. So it's interesting that Arizona does have an outfielder in at this point, but it's a different outfielder. I, I think Carroll's having a better season. Uh, Guriel is having a career year himself. Maybe the Guriel name has some weight. I'm not sure, but uh, that kind of surprised me that he would be voted over Corbin Carroll. But uh, those last few outfielders in the National League, it's a pretty close call, so we'll see on that one. And then J.D. Martinez is the leading vote-getter at DH. Uh, I was surprised Jorge Soler was not closer. He's uh, near the top of the league in home runs and is having a pretty good year himself, uh, but he's a few 
actually places behind uh, J.D. Martinez. Um, now, of course, we know that pitchers don't get voted in as starters, uh, but I will just mention um, the Braves have a few pitchers that I think could make the team as well. Uh, Bryce Elder and Spencer Strider are your most likely starters to make the team. Unfortunately, they both have had some not great starts recently. That might bump them a little bit. But Strider particularly, you know, his strikeout numbers are so great. If he bounces back, and, and especially off of that Mets, uh, weird Mets start that he had, I think he's going to be in. I'm hoping Bryce Elder can bounce back and be really good and make it as well because it would be a great story for him. And the other one that's starting to get some pub, at least in Brave circles, is Jesse Chavez. You know, he's had a remarkable stretch run. I talked about it in my last podcast episode, uh, and I just wanted to mention him. I think it's really unlikely that he makes the team, but uh, he's having a career year, and maybe if we can, you know, pump him up enough, uh, somebody in Major League Baseball will pay attention and he can make the team. I think if he just continued to be lights out and didn't allow, let's say he doesn't allow a run for the next couple of weeks, then maybe he makes the team. I mean, it's it's within the realm of possibility. It's just really unlikely for a guy who's not a closer and not even a primary setup man to make the All-Star team. All right, guys. Well, that being said, let's move on from the All-Star game and the vote and just preview briefly the Braves taking on the Tigers uh, in the next three games. The Braves right now sit at 40 and 25, whereas the Tigers are at 26 and 37. Um, they're certainly not the worst team in the American League, but they're not a very good team either. I think they, you know, the Braves are coming off a series against the Nationals. Tigers are probably a very similar team, at least in terms of record, to the Nationals. The Tigers, what I want to get across especially, they have a really bad offense. They rank dead last in runs scored in all of baseball, and they rank dead last in slugging percentage. So not only are they not scoring runs, they're not impacting the ball very much. Uh, the Braves are, uh, in contrast, fifth in runs scored in Major League Baseball and second in slugging percentage. So on paper, these two offenses could not be further apart, um, and hopefully that shows up in games. The Tigers, back to the pitching side of things, are 21st in the league in team ERA and 30th in home runs per nine. I'm obviously just picking out a few things to look at, um, but things that I think could really impact the series. The Braves, on the other hand, are seventh in baseball in team ERA and fifth in home runs per nine innings. So if the Braves are, you know, are if they're able to hit some home runs against a fairly mediocre um, Tigers pitching staff, I think there's no way that the Tigers are going to be able to keep up. We know that in some of these games on paper, I mean, we remember Oakland. We just lost a game to the to the Nationals. Sometimes what looks like on paper a sure thing in baseball doesn't happen. It's a funny game like that. So as they say, you got to play the game. But uh, I think if the Braves can limit base runners for the Tigers and make sure that they're not stringing multiple hits together, uh, the, the Tigers are very unlikely to score much in this series, which would be a really good thing for the Braves. Because remember, Braves pitchers have not had a, um, a quality start in quite a while. It would be awesome if Charlie Morton, who goes in game one of this series, could set a tone early, shut down the Tigers. Uh, he could have a good start. And man, 
all three starts in, in this series, it would be great if they could be quality starts and get that pitching staff rolling just as the offense has been rolling for the Braves. So the pitching matchups for this series, game one is Morton versus a guy named TBD. <laughs> to be determined. Uh, it's kind of weird that these teams play in a few hours and we don't know the starting pitcher for the Tigers. Maybe that means it will be a bullpen game for them. I'm not sure. Uh, in game two, Spencer Strider is going to take on Olsen. Olsen is a 30, or sorry, a 23-year-old rookie. Uh, he's only pitched two games this season. So uh, he's been pretty good in those two games, but of course it doesn't give you much to go on. So we'll see on that one. Uh, he might be kind of um, kind of talented uh, as a rookie coming up, but I really don't know too much on that. I'm more focused on Spencer Strider, uh, especially I'm interested in seeing his fastball command and velocity be back up to par. Uh, you guys know in that Met series, um, his velocity and his command of his fastball were really oddly poor, uh, at least by his standards. So it'd be good to see him getting back to maybe whatever tweaks he needs to make mechanically or, or whatever the case may be. We need Spencer Strider to be dominant. Um, he is the most fun pitcher to watch in baseball when he is on. Uh, and then game three, Smith Shaver is making his second start uh, this season versus Lorenzen. Lorenzen uh, is a solid pitcher. He's got about a four ERA for the Tigers this year. Um, he might be the best pitcher the Braves will face um, this series. So we'll just uh, obviously have to see how they go after him. But on paper, guys, again, this series sets up really well for the Braves. If they don't take two out of three, I'd say it's a bit of a disappointment, especially the way the Braves have been playing lately. Um, again, the bats were a little silent in the national series, so it would be good for them to bounce back. And the starting pitching, uh, this is the time that I think they could really start getting back to uh, where they want to be and uh, making some quality starts and shutting down the Tigers. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to watching them, guys. I really appreciate you listening to this episode of State of the Braves. I will talk to you guys soon.